0: we just, we got a new visitor here, and I don't know. Did somebody hand me a name, a piece of paper? with it? I'm going to sort of let you introduce yourself. Do
1: you? you want me to go ahead? Yeah. Well, it's really nice to meet you, and it's a real pleasure to be here and to talk to you. I'm an author, and I have, I'm have i working. Well, I've just finished my third book, but my second one uh, was The History of Tentech Corporation, and that's what I've been over at the Ten Tech booth uh, handling today. I've been selling books for them and uh, our book. And I've been enjoying it tremendously. I've been a ham since the late, mid mid to late 1990s. And Romeo, I have an extra license. I'm November Romeo 4, Romeo Romeo, and R4RR. My husband and I are both avid hams. And we run several nets with the RV service net, RV radio net. And uh, we're members of the Chattanooga uh, DX club and the amateur radio club there as well.
0: Very good. Well, you, pr- you probably know Tom Morgan about two booths now. Sure I mean, do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sure do. And I know a lot of people who are exhibitors here because I've I've sold my books, um, not just the Ten book, my first book. Uh, my books always involve ham radio. By the way, so every we... last one of them so far.
0: Well, now you 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 did it. The history of Ten is what it amounts to. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, how, how do you, I mean, that just seems, it seems so unusual that someone would take the time to write a book like that, but yet that story also seems like that would really be interesting to a ham.
1: I think it was, and I think it is. Uh, I'll tell you how I came about that very unusual assignment. I had written my first book, an action suspense thriller, and not prominently in it. And, of course, before I mentioned Tentec very prominently in it. And, of course, before I ever went to publication, I asked their permission, and they had given it. And then I sent them a courtesy book because they were mentioned in the book. After after the fact, four months went by. I didn't hear a word. Usually I hear somebody say at some point, well, thank you for the book, you know, or something, but nothing happened. Then all of a sudden, one person in that company read it, and then the next thing I knew, I was the talk of Tentech, and they let me know. And then they said, you know, we are coming up on our 40th anniversary, and we really would like to have our history written. Would you be interested in the job? I said, you betcha I would. And I took that job, and I love it because they're an all-American company. I mean, it's just awesome.
0: Well, uh, you know, I mean, let me ask this. Okay, tell me, I don't, I don't want you to give away your book, but but tell me a little bit about the things that intrigued you about the history of that company that enabled you to write a book on them. Because, I mean, there's there's a lot of companies out there that, there's a lot of stuff that maybe happened, but none mm-hmm. of it none of it interesting enough for someone to want to read about. <laughs> if that makes any sense.
1: Well, I think that the founder of the company, Al Kahn, is really where the story begins, and it's it's what really fires the imagination of most people. He he became interested in ham radio through Boy Scouts as a very young kid in Michigan, and uh, he went ahead and eventually formed his own. Um, he had, well. He he got involved in CW and was involved in a lot of ham radio activity in those early early days. And then he developed a very special uh, speaker system for Newt Rockney, uh, the uh, football. And uh, Newt Rockney called it his electric voice. Well, that inspired the name of his original company, Electrovoice, and and there his career began and of course world war 2 really catapulted his success because he developed for the military the lip microphone that was used for years and many many other products and today uh Tentec's products are really varied i mean they have a whole host of it it's not just ham radio they they make radios for the government for fbi they they go ahead they even make car automobile dashes with their mold injection machines i mean they're very varied today and that's how they have found the formula of staying american and staying successful by branching out and diversifying
0: so now now this is something i wasn't even aware of okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that is the are you saying that he started the electrovoice microphone company
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay now i didn't know that mm-hmm. and then and then he Obviously, got out of the Electro Voice microphone um, company.
1: Yes, that's that's kind of involved, probably more than I can say here. Mm-hmm. But um, there was there was a deal where he did sell the company eventually, and then the company that bought them, he was on the board with them. But there there was a reason why he decided that it would be better if he left and branched out on his own. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, the The Galton Industries was literally across the street from the present location, across the street. And he built his brand-new factory literally across the street from those people. And by gosh, it was a success, you know, a really big success.
0: Well, that's interesting. That's something I didn't know. I had no idea. And I've been using... I, a long time ago, I mean, a radio business used mm-hmm. a lot of, of electro-voice microphones, lots mm-hmm. of electro-voice. Yeah. And it seemed like they made, at some point in time, it seemed like they made phono cartridges, too. I mean, they
1: certainly did, and they had a, uh, a separate plant for that. And um, I'm sorry, when you get to be my age, you start forgetting things. Uh, it's just north of Sevierville, a little ways. Uh, new something or other. It starts N-E-W, I'm sorry. I can't remember the name of the town.
0: Um, but anyhow, uh, voice, but not anything. <laughs> I'm not knocking Electro Voice, but after Electro Voice, I mean, it, it, there was a change. It was a dra- there
1: was a change, a drastic
0: true. change mm-hmm. in the in the quality of the microphones, and I noticed it in the broadcasting business. I mean, I could I noticed mm-hmm. it right away, and that was one of the reasons why we fell in love with the Heil mics, because mm-hmm. I it seemed to me that. The the microphones had that same care of production and assembly.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now that what used to be, what Mm -hmm. used to be in the EV mics years ago.
1: Uh Now I'm off
0: on a tangent. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, I can understand that. I surely can.
0: And not to interrupt your story, but I do want to say this quickly because I otherwise I will Mm -hmm. forget, and that is. People tune in and are going, What is this? Where are these people? Because we're on 9330. We're not normally on this frequency. So, folks with shortwave radios are tuning by and they're saying, Why? What are they doing here? Who is this? We are live from Huntsville. We are in Huntsville, Alabama. This is the Huntsville Hamfest. And this broadcast is being brought to you by Trans World Antenna in back of us. And do you see? We've got one located right in back of us. And. Do, do you see how it disappears?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: It's just, I mean, it's just weird. I mean, it's like <laughs> we tried to take these things out and take pictures of them. We were trying to come up with some pictures. Yeah. And we had to move the antennas around it. Then we move them and move them and move them and keep shooting until finally we come up with a picture where you can actually see the antenna clearly, you know. But what's so cool about these is this thing operates 20 through 10 meters, and they have a 40, 40, and an 80, 80, and a 60 section and all that. That you can put on them, mm-hmm. but but they just they just flat disappear. Put them on your balcony, and n- nobody will ever ask you about it because nobody ever notices the thing. You know, it's it's really weird. Although I've heard people, I've heard of people take, try to disguise them. But I, I don't think they really need them. You know, and and doing things to try to disguise them. But I, I don't think they really need that though. Um, but anyhow. It's a a full-performance antenna. It's portable. goes in a bag, and uh, you can carry it with you different Mm -hmm. places. It's just a really wonderful piece of electronic equipment. And being a a radio broadcast engineer for, for the bulk of my life, I have a deep appreciation for something that's built well, and these things definitely are. But they are the ones that's bringing this broadcast to you today. And uh, I, I, I just think it's kind of funny to have somebody sit down and say, "Do you see how it disappears?" <laughs> <laughs> it does.
1: I didn't notice it there, not at all.
0: Yeah, and wonderful. You know, what we needed to do is we needed to move the banner further to the right, and then put, <laughs> we've been at ham shows, but we, you know. And I'll tell you what they have done. We've been at ham shows where they've actually got a booth for the antenna. Mm-hmm. That way, you, there was no nothing behind it. You know, and it was just the the red cloth or yellow or, or blue background or mm-hmm. something contrasted against the antenna, which is <laughs> then you can see it just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But we were out, I don't know where we went to Hilton Head. We were we took some there's a video of the antenna on uh-huh. YouTube. If you go up on YouTube and you put in trans world antennas, there's a video up there and you can watch my son David assembling. It takes about two minutes to put it together. And uh, uh, we were we were trying desperately to video it but off away from the beach. We did one at the beach, and we were going to do one in, a, in like a patio area or a garden area. Part of that antenna that just blended in to where we moved that thing, there was part of that antenna that just blended in so well you couldn't see it. So we kept moving and moving. It was, it was kind of frustrating. but We finally found a spot where we could, we could do that. So now tell me, ham radio novels. I mean, how many novels have you written about ham radio? I wasn't even aware that this was going on.
1: I've just completed my second novel. Uh-huh. Uh it's at the editors right now and it should be out before Christmas and it's called The Agenda 21 Conspiracy. Hmm. All ham radio in it. You're going to love it. What? I got I've gotten rave reviews with my first book and uh, I think this one will eclipse that by quite a bit.
0: Now the first book it was a, that you're talking about a novel at that mm-hmm. okay. Um what uh, the history of TenTech this is a novel oh, yeah. I mean this is not the history of TenTech this is a novel Oh yeah you, mm-hmm. yeah
1: the first book is called a matter of destiny and it was it had a little touch of sci-fi in it but it was of course ham radio and it had to do with um, a UFO um, situation in New York although it was set down uh, excuse me I should say a UFO situation in North Carolina forgive me
0: well, now I'll tell you something interesting that, I, that I've discovered, mm-hmm. and that is the amateur radio listening audience that listens to our mm-hmm. broadcast and whatnot, they are also very, very much interested in things having to do with space, and they're very interested in things mm-hmm. having to do any kind of extraterrestrials mm-hmm. and, and uh, any kind of extraterrestrial contact. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just a given... Uh, if, if, if I could bring Stanton Friedman in here mm-hmm. and sit him down and do an interview with him, and I wouldn't lose one listener because everybody seems to love <laughs> right. this. Right. He be- sure is. He's, okay.
1: he's wonderful. I've met, met oh, him. I well, don't know if he remembers me, but mm-hmm. I certainly met him.
0: But I, I guess my question is this. Have you found that to be the case? In other words, you're writing this novel. You obviously did a little research before you started doing that, and you're incorporating a UFO story into a ham radio novel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you... Did you come upon that discovery that the crowd seems to run in the you same. betcha
1: and i had no problem whatsoever with ham radio and a lot of people were interested in it and i'm hoping that i'll find the same response today with this one coming out now the agenda 21 conspiracy with its political implications so we'll see how it goes it's yeah. it's based uh agenda 21 conspiracy is based on an actual event that has occurred inside the u.n and I do consider it a conspiracy, and I can't wait to tell the people about it. I've just used ham radio as a means to, as a platform, you might say, to get that story to work really well.
0: Well, I, you know, I guess uh, when, you, when you look at it, if you take if you take amateur radio, uh, mm-hmm. there are so many twists and turns and things that you can incorporate into. Uh into a novel or something. In other words, the average person. Let's just take. Let's just take a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, you know, he has his methods by which he goes and he snoops and finds out something and he gets into a scrape and, you know, and you know, it's the typical television thing. Would be, you know, he gets into a scrape and he's he and his partner almost lose their lives in the process. But eventually, <laughs> the villain gets, you know, captured or killed or whatever. But now, when you when you you get into the to the Realm of Ham Radio, you can add all kinds of, of things into it that the average person wouldn't necessarily have access to. And I would think that the, the uh, a reader would be intrigued by that. You know, you could really incorporate things into that that you just wouldn't normally, uh, the average person wouldn't have, you know.
1: Right, I agree. I agree completely. Where the so-called bad guys are after the good guy. I mean, where the so-called bad guys are after the good guy, and he by arrangement through his ham radio connections gets on um a motorcycle and the chase continues through the mountains but the motorcycle has the upper hand because it's much more maneuverable in the curves and um I and this was and the whole thing was orchestrated so I I just had a lot of supported him through ham radio too. so I I just had a lot of fun with it, and I think it points to the other side that I try to bring out about ham radio, and that has to do with its emergency services. That's very relevant today. Look at what happened with 9-11 when uh, the, the Twin Towers, with all those antennas on top that went down, it was ham radio that was able to step in and help. That's the kind of emergency services I like to see.
0: No, I guess that's a, it's an integral part of amateur radio in so many different communities too. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether something happens, and uh, you know, I've, I've got a cousin that's on the police department, and and he, in Montgomery County, Tennessee, and, and he and I were talking about about things, and I and I, I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe maybe we feel a little bit more important than what we really are you know and that we're maybe maybe our emergency outreach is is you know maybe it's a good thing but maybe it's not quite as significant he can, he right away jumped in and he said oh no let me tell you what he says uh you know we have police communications that fail on a pretty regular basis a lot more than you'd ever amateurs said uh it's it's good to know that there is a group of amateurs standing by and are, you know and and run able to jump in and pick up the slack, you know, and, and run with it.
1: So, I agree. So that's I a, agree. Well,
0: I want to thank you so much. Is there well, anything, thank you. anything, any other, you got a new novel coming out. What The name of that one is going to be?
1: The Agenda 21 Conspiracy. Oh. And I'm already starting the planning stages for my next novel beyond that called A Raid on Innocence. I'm going to involve Ham Radio in it too, but we're going to step back in time to World War II, with a, and it won't be a sequel and it will take place in North Carolina, also. Why? Because I lived there for many, many years before I moved to Chattanooga.
0: Um, but where will where, where can folks find these these books, especially the the new one that's coming out and the and the novel the the, the previous novel book number one? Where could they find these? At?
1: Uh, they can get it through Spring Flower Publishing of Chattanooga. They can get it through Amazon.com. It should be able to be ordered in any major bookstore across the
0: well I thank you so much for joining us
1: well thank you Ted and look Appreciate look, it. look
0: forward to these books coming out and I, I and I want to I want to try to get a, a, eventually get a copy of the book of the 10 tech history that would be a real interesting read I think
1: can I curl a little bit go I just ahead. sold the last copy I brought and what they brought between us and I'm done for the day because I have nothing more to sell
0: <laughs> you know, that's good that's <laughs> yeah good- that is good <laughs> now you can go over to the flea market and and uh, and go buy a, a couple of boat anchors if you want to. They've got some good old Heathkit stuff out there. They've got
1: <laughs> and maybe a certain antenna that disappears.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Alrighty. Thank you so much, Ted. Good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Well, now Ben, you've been sitting here patiently, and I and I know you sat down, and put the headphones on. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing here.
3: Well, I'm 16. I've been a ham now for four years, I guess. I got it when I was 12. Thanks, to my dad. He was standing around here, but obviously he left. Uh-huh. He was He's a ham now. He's a general. Kilo Bravo 4, Charlie Alpha Yankee. And since I was a kid, I always wanted to be like my dad, so he got me started into that. I got my technician at 12 and my tech plus at 13. And your current license is? I'm still tech plus. Tech I, ca- I know it doesn't exist anymore, but I took the Morse, so I'm going to keep calling myself a plus. Oh. <laughs>
0: Well, do, do you use do you do any CW at all?
3: Uh, I try a little bit now and then, but I just found that there's the very limited, limited, limited area for this, and there really isn't that many people in our little segment, so I haven't gotten a chance to do that much of it.
0: You well, know, there's something I mentioned the other day to somebody. I was talking, and I said, to, you know, I've taken on seventy-five meters, and I've gone up and down seventy-five meters at night, especially. Or I mean, when I'm talking about the CW section and nobody home I'm like what's going on here there's nobody here in the in the period of time back when I had a novice license um, let's see 3700 to 3750 I believe was the novice band at the time and I mean at two o'clock in the morning there were people on there on CW going doing slow CW uh, something you could live with you know a, a, as a novice and I enjoyed the daylights out of that but they were there I mean, there was somebody there 24-7, so what do we got to do to get to get some, some more people on slow CW, yeah, that, that enough enough of a crowd to where they're all going to be there at 2 o'clock, because somebody's going to be there at 2 in the morning?
3: Hmm. Honestly don't know.
0: I, and I haven't tried 40. Now, there very well could be that the majority of the people have migrated to the 40-meter band. I don't know. 40 is such a, a good all-purpose band. I mean, it's there during the day, it's there at night, you know, and... Where of course seventy five goes away during the day, and is okay at night, providing there's not a, light, a lot of lightning, <laughs> a lot of thunder and whatnot. Well, what do you operate now? What 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 is your the the main bands that you're operating?
3: Well, I usually stick to two meters. I'm not a person who tries to go forth on hf and try and pick stuff out through the static that's not me i prefer two meters where i can have a repeater and just get as far as i can and get it as clear as i can and have a nice one-on-one conversation with someone local
0: um but you, you do work echo link
3: yes not as much as i used to but i do work echo link
0: now that's another thing well i'm gonna, I'm gonna wind up here i'm gonna be i'm gonna wind up in trouble for it's all over with um i've go i've logged into EchoLink. I throw my, my I'll throw my call out beyond. I try five, six, seven repeaters, not a soul around. I mean, I'm like, when do they use this thing? I mean, this is such great technology. It looks. Like, and then once in a while, I'll snag a contact, you know. And it's like, and I, and it's like, boy, this is so, this is so much fun, but it just seems like the. I mean, maybe I'm on at the wrong times or something. <laughs> you, now, when do you operate Echolink? You don't seem to have any problems operating Echolink, so...
3: I usually work about 5 to 7 p.m. each day. That's when the time people are coming off work and crashing before supper and, you know, stuff like that. So you
0: think there's a bigger crowd then?
3: Yeah, that's what I think, because that's the only time I've worked.
0: And um, I, I, maybe that it's because... My hours are so strange, you know, that that I'm yeah. not operating during maybe peak time periods, you know. But I've tried at different hours when I've looked at on on the clock, and I would say, well, you know, uh, it's uh, you know it, it's such and such a time here. Okay, at this city, it's going to be this time. You'd think there'd be a lot of activity, but I still haven't I still haven't had any luck. So, well, what 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 do you plan on doing radio-wise? What do you I mean, as far as ham radio is concerned, what is the the next uh, uh, I guess I want to say the next stage of the game for you. Obviously, maybe hmm. moving up in class, a license. But I mean, what 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 what's got your attention? What is it that
3: you want to do? Obviously, obviously, I want to move up a couple steps, and using because of ham radio, it's kind of affected what I want to do later on in life. I've decided I'm already registered for broadcast engineering in college, mm-hmm. with computer engineering minor. And I hope later on in life to actually incorporate the two, like the Flex Raiders. Well, I you think know, the one thing
0: there. you might want to check out uh, in your city, and that is the Society of Broadcast Engineers, the SBE. Now, they, There's probably a local chapter near you. and I don't know who's around Decatur, I mean, but, but, you know, you, you, need, you need to look up that local chapter. And go and, and start going to their meetings you know and, and you'll meet all the local broadcast engineers TV and radio and all that kind of thing a lot of them are amateur operators and you'll find you it''s, it's, a, it's a lot of them are amateur operators and you'll find you that's it's a, it's a real good way to go um, and I, I think the other thing too is that they'll be able to give you a lot of practical advice in other words yeah. where, where the rubber hits the road advice you know not just theoretical type things. Uh, and that would be, you know, that would be a real good thing to do. But that's, you know, do, do you think? Um, I guess I want to say, do you see what, what parallels do you see between between broadcast radio and amateur radio? Hmm.
3: That's a tough one. Give me a second. The wheels are turning.
0: Well, hmm. Both situations require power. Yeah, you need antennas <laughs> for both of them. <laughs> And you need an antenna for both. Yeah, you need antennas <laughs> for both of them. And uh,
3: I just wish that um, they could incorporate more of the two and say, "Hey, I'm a amateur radio operator," while they're on the actual broadcast radio. Because I think if you could actually publicize, start intermingling more hams, mm-hmm. well, and they'd start intermingling more. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, I, I guess the. Uh, the uh, when I was talking about similarities between the two, um, Matt works in in the broadcast engineering arena, so does my older son, and they are. And I guess what I'm saying is there there is there's definitely all sorts of relationships and parallels there between industry and excuse me the broadcast industry and amateur radio, and there's a lot of things that apply. For example, radio engineers for the most part that are hams seem to have a better grasp of what they're doing and have a, a lot better um ability to maybe to, to troubleshoot and to uh to locate problems what's what's been some of the, the most enjoyable things you've done as far as amateur radio is concerned think back of activities maybe some stuff that you and your dad have done or whatever but what 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 comes
3: to mind fields day field day hands down tell me it's, a little bit about your field day this year's field day I always work with the Decatur Amateur Radio Club because that's my home club but this year got a couple thousand good turn up talked to several people got a couple thousand points Um, I actually was actually that's one of the few times I get to use the full extent of HF radio because of the older people in the club use their call signs which are extra and general call signs and stuff like that this year I was actually I guess you just call it lucky. I talked to a guy in Slovakia uh, about 10:30 at night on 20 meters. Believe it or not, that was hands down my highlight. That was the one DX contact we had that whole this whole year came from me to a guy in Slovakia of all things. I don't even know what Slovakia is. <laughs> well, you have to you have to Google it
0: and find out. You know, well, you know that's one thing about QRZ. If you if you know if you on QRZ when you look up somebody's call sign. Uh, immediately, the thing takes you on a map. In other words, there's a map available. You can click on it. You can tell where where the person is. That is and that is one thing that's uh, that that's a milestone. You know, but uh, you, you need to do you need need to do that. Get on. You look look them up on QRZ. Yeah. And find out find out where they're at. Um, did, were you guys? I mean, when you when you set up for field day, how how many stations did you have operating at the same, at, at the same time simultaneously?
3: Uh, we were. Two alpha. We had a voice station, a CW station, and then the GOTA and the six meter station. Because those two don't count. So all in all, we had four, four stations running up.
0: And did you? Um. And did you? Did you operate anything other? Did you operate anything other than, uh, uh, than HF? I mean, did, or did did you guys do any VHF stuff during fielding?
3: No, we we, well, with the exception six meter, I guess that's the closest we got. Uh, we st- we like to stay more in the HF because you can actually get project farther and get more contacts in the same amount of time uh, than if you use VHF because you can't use repeaters during field day, which kind of puts VHF at a severe disadvantage. Um,
0: so you're operating generator power? Mm-hmm. And uh, you've, got, you, you've got a number of stations uh, now. Did, did, were you involved in any antenna erection? Were you did you did you get to put any antennas up? Or <laughs> yeah, I was
3: the young agile one. They had me climbing up trees, throwing <laughs> weights over branches. They had me doing everything.
0: <laughs> well, my my son David used to, was famous for that. We used to we used to call him Monkey Man, you know, because he could he could basically you know climb into any tree and hang anything anywhere now i notice. now i noticed and i don't know he may be listening he uh he's gotten a little older now see so now he's got a few more you know aches and pains and the bones don't quite move the way they used to and eventually you'll notice that because you're 16 you got a long ways to go but i noticed now he used to he used to jump right off the roof he'd be on the roof of the house and jump quite straight down onto the ground landing on his feet how he could do that i have no idea but uh, but he did and uh, I used to think, man, he's going to break a leg doing that. <laughs> you know, but but, but, he, but he never did. Um, field day is a uh, is a time I think really when uh, I I don't know. I mean, it's a contest I realize, and I know that it's an exercise in emergency operations. But uh, field day also provides us with uh, provides us with a uh, the ability to um, to really show off. I guess I want to say in front of the community. Where they where they can actually see something that uh, you know that, that we're doing as far as amateurs or amateur radio is concerned. I've got a I've got a gentleman that just pulled. It's just interesting. We were hello there. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Ted? Real real good. And kid. Hello there. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Ted? Real real good and. Uh, uh, Kevin Kidd has an engineering company called AM Ground Systems, I believe. Am I got that? Have I got it right? Oh, uh, that's
4: that's part of it. Part KK of it. Broadcast Engineering is actually the engineering arm of the company, and, of course, I have both of the arms, so you, know, <laughs> you, you never know which
0: one's going to be which. Well, this fellow here has joined us, sat down to talk with us, and he's 16 years old, and he said he's, he's going to go into broadcast engineering, okay? and of course, Don't. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I was sitting here going, "Ha ha!" Run, run very, very fast. <laughs> but we were, we were, uh, we were just discussing the similarity of the parallels between amateur radio and broadcast radio. Now, one Excellent. of the things that most comp is in, is involved in one of the most complex things in the broadcasting business is AM directional arrays, where you have more than one tower and you're dealing with this mysterious box called a phaser, okay? (laughs) And the transmitter feeds the phaser, and the phaser has all sorts of complex um, inductors and and capacitors and all sorts of capacitive and... Wigglies and widgets. Yeah, uh, capacitive and reactive circuits that cause the, the, uh, the phase angle and the power level to be different going to each one of the towers, which creates nulls. And, and 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 peaks where you're where you have to protect these other radio stations out of town enable stations to run more power necessarily in, in an area where they would not be able to do that um and i, I remember living in detroit there was a station that applied for fifty thousand watts and uh that was the old wjbk and uh uh yeah i was gonna say i think you're picking up the the PA system there on that microphone. Like he had it down on was so I was hearing this ringing sound. I couldn't figure out what it was. I Anyways, on. they put up 12 towers in order to run this 50,000 watts. <laughs> and uh, you could hear them in Greenland. The airplane pilots in, coming out of Greenland could hear them. You couldn't hear them on the west side of Detroit, but they got all kinds of advertising because they had they had 50,000 watts. You know, It certainly wasn't like WJR's 50,000 watts, which was, uh, uh, I guess I want to say, uh, that's non-directional, you know. So... But anyhow, what I'm um, what I'm looking at is uh, on the broadcast side. This is this is a gentleman you you, you you could talk to from a technical standpoint that can tell you a little bit about what you need to know. Now he says run, but <laughs> <I can't imagine. laughs> uh, at uh,
4: broadcast engineering is not necessary. Thank you for ben, or you don't. you don't. Well, Ben's ben, got to run. Thank you for jo- or you, you don't. don't.
0: Well, Ben's man, got to run. Thank it, you man. for joining us, Ben. I appreciate you coming by. Thank you for having me. And uh, you be sure and uh, uh, download the podcast here.
3: That I will. Show off to all my friends. Hey, I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: if you, I'm going to ask Kevin this here. I, know, I don't want to keep you too long. I know I've, I've, I've you know, I've, how would you say it, imposed on you to sit down and talk because um, you're going to let all the good deals get away. I know. You're going to miss all the flea market area and all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyways, what I was going to what I was going to do is I was going to ask you what you what you've seen here, what if you, if and what you've seen that's been really really interesting. Actually, I've just came into the. Uh, did, did you see um, Did you see some interesting things? Out there? I'm in the flea market. Did, did you see um, Did you see some interesting things out there?
4: Uh, well, actually, it's mostly the same stuff. Probably been here for the last forty years, but it's all
0: good stuff. <laughs> I know, I I I noticed some things out there. Uh, I, I like Huntsville because there's a lot... I mean, the, the in the flea market area, is all kinds of mm-hmm. things, you know, because I don't know how much time they... I want to talk to this young man here real quick, because I don't know how much time they have either, so I want to make sure that... But, but don't run off. And, and this young man's name is Chris. He's um, he's nine years old, and he just passed his test. Oh, you're 10. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Sorry. I, got, I got it wrong. I, I'm going by somebody else's notes here, so... So how, how are you doing today Chris? good and t- tell me uh how did had you studied a long time uh, to pass or how 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 much time did you put into that
2: I only got to thirty six percent and then I took the test and there were about fifteen answers that surprised me
0: Goodness. but you did you, you you passed the exam today yep and what and you got what did you get the the technician license mm-hmm okay. Well, how, what got you interested in ham radio? How did that? How did that all get started?
2: Uh, I went to field day. Uh, then I was like, Grandpa, I want to get my ham license. So then he surprised me by signing me up for ham test online.
0: Uh-huh. So you went through the ham test online program. A lot of people have done that. And uh, uh, Pa, he's a good friend of ours, and he was. He's. He's. Be. I'll tell you what. If you. If you start getting behind on on your uh, on your studies, he, he emails you these notes and just intimidates the daylight out of you. Now, your
5: grandpa, ta- talk a little bit about your ham radio career. Well, I um, I was licensed about his age uh, many years ago. Uh, got my general when I was about twelve, I guess it was. But then life came in and uh, I was inactive for about twenty five years, lost the license and all that stuff. And actually, 11 years ago here, I retested and got my tech, and, and I've gone up and got my extra all. And now Chris lives with me, and I'm um, very active at that. And so Chris lives with us, and I'm um, very active at that. And so Chris lives with us, and uh, um, he's just got interested in it. So, But I, actually, the... Uh, the program was—that's how I was able to get the extra. <laughs> so it's an amazing program, really is. The, the,
0: you're talking about the ham test online.
5: Yeah, it's—I yeah. mean, it's—it works with you as if—I mean, it's, as if there's a teacher on the other end of the is, line. Is,
0: is Pi here today? Are they here today somewhere? I, I haven't ever met him. So. Yeah, I
5: didn't—I didn't know—I didn't know I, I hadn't seen him anywhere. I didn't know they were now. They were at Dayton, you know. Yeah, I, did, I didn't make it this year, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic. He missed out on, and uh, so I—I I said, well, let's give it a shot because uh, he missed out on our. Club's um, tech classes that we had in February, uh-huh. and uh, did that all on his own, and um, you know, I'm just really proud. I'm really proud. Well, Chris, what do you got?
0: What do you want to do in ham radio? What's got your attention? What, what's 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 up with that? What do you want to do?
2: Well, I usually want to talk on the radio, and <laughs> so I wanted to pass my t- test today, and. So, I passed my tech and I'm really happy.
5: We have a, a very active 2 meter repeater system there and that's uh, and there's a youth net actually. We're really encouraging in our group, We're really encouraging the young people. We have a 7-year-old who uh got her license about 2 months ago and I uh, see what he is <laughs>
4: point is <laughs> there's,
5: and there's actually yeah there's several more young ladies too mm. but um we're active with the boy scout troop in their area and uh really trying to encourage the young people to come along so it's good well uh, uh jack was by here
0: earlier and we talked jack? quite a little bit about about mm. the uh, williams see- i i i tuned in on uh somebody called me i forget who it was called me up and said get your two meter rig out and turn it on and listen to this you know and they tell me the frequency and they were talking to a group of Boy Scouts, and the, the scouts are on the air. Oh, they yeah. were talking, and everybody was just having a big time, you know. And I thought this is really, really cool. This is what ham radio ought to be, and this is the way it ought to be done, you know. And uh, but, anyways, that's uh, I, I want to congratulate you. So you you are going to have to get on uh, on the HF bands and talk that long haul DX and everything. So you just keep keep studying and. Uh Keep watching Grandpa see what see what he does and then, I'll have to be watching the rig at home for sure.
2: <laughs>
5: but uh, yeah, I'll, go ahead.
2: I'll get my license about Thursday or Wednesday, so uh, I'm pretty excited.
0: Oh, well, we'll have to be listening for you. I'm out in I'm out in the Lebanon area, but I'm within earshot of uh, he'll some, be on the 210 machine or whatever. Yeah. You know, the, the, way it's the kind of group. So well, there you go. Well I appreciate you guys stopping by and congratulations, Chris. Well like I said, we'll be looking for you and you just keep at it. You'll you'll have a whole lot of fun in Ham Radio. Doesn't matter where you go in the country, there's always somebody to talk Doesn't matter where you go in the country, there's always somebody to talk to. Yeah. It's in the well really interesting is once you operate on H F enough, it gets to the point where you know people all over the country and all these different cities and regardless of where you go, you know, there's somebody that you can call on the phone and say, hey, what are you doing? You want to go have uh, dinner tonight somewhere or something? But thank you very much. I appreciate it. You enjoy the ham fest, sir. Well, you say all that stuff out there, the flea market's good stuff, but it's all, uh, what is it now? You, you gave me the term and I can't remember what it was. It's all good stuff. Good stuff. You know? <laughs> I saw, I saw, um, uh, Johnson, um, Johnson bike stuff out there, which yeah. is now I and uh, saw a bunch of heat kit stuff out there, which yeah. is now I, I. don't understand this phenomenon. and That is, I don't need any more boat anchors. I don't. I don't need anything. Why is it when I roam around out there in the flea market, that's all I'm looking for that stuff? I don't know. That's uh, I found a, an item here. Let me see if I can find it. I set it down here somewhere. I mean, this thing is one of a kind. If I, if I, if I can locate it, I don't. I just don't. Well, I don't know. I've set it down somewhere. Somebody may have put it up. But it is a, um, it is a, um, a, a uh, MFJ microphone compressor. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it looks just like the CW filter, the original mm-hmm. MFJ CW filter. But it's got a microphone input and output on it and a, uh, a, a level control on the front. I, and I guess the compression level must be fixed or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I thought that was kind of a, a novel item. I think it's got a variable output on the back and a compression control on the front. But years ago, we were just talking that Tentec is now making a, if you're familiar with an audio speech clipper. Hmm. You, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, them. Yeah.
4: I haven't actually owned a modern rig. Really? I guess, I guess yeah. the most modern thing. That I've, well, I've, I've got some two-meter stuff. I see 706, I guess, was uh, that I've got in a vehicle. I don't I even have a rig set up at home. Oh, no. That's what I'm trying, to get stuff together to put a station back together at home.
0: Good. Walked a long time. Actually resting nicely. <laughs> well, after you've walked a long time. Actually resting nicely. <laughs> well after you've walked a long time it is kind of neat to find a comfortable chair somewhere mm-hmm. for a little bit you know um and well for what it's worth though, the flea market actually is uh, probably as good a
4: selection of parts connectors etc that i've saw in a while it's actually uh, i was fairly impressed with the uh, selection
0: well i was i was looking around and i was really surprised at uh, at, at the amount of stuff that mm-hmm. was out there you know and and i i've looking at some unusual stuff too i mean i found a a few things that I, I just hadn't seen anywhere else but i was telling people i'm add so you know the bigger ham fest i don't get along as well because there's too many things mm-hmm. i get overloaded i can't concentrate mm-hmm. anymore yes I, I always try to <laughs> things look. to look at then i can't concentrate mm-hmm. anymore yes
4: I, <laughs> I always try to walk through see what else is there and then come back and make my purchases but the bad part about it is by the time that i get through with the end of it I've forgotten what I so I have to go all the way back through it again, which is, I had to go back uh, about halfway through today. I ended up buying a uh, large sack full of uh, 43 Mix uh, Toroids. Oh, goodness. That I've been looking for there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, there's a bunch of things, do, a list of things that I'm, that I'm going to look for when I, when I get a chance to do it. But I want to mention something here before I forget, and, I, and folks that are just tuning in, um, you know, you're listening to a live broadcast coming to you from huntsville alabama this is the hunt and of course we're we're streaming on the internet and we're on so and of course we're we're streaming on the internet and we're on 93.30, and we're just so happy that you've you've tuned us in now i'm, I'm going to ask you have you ever seen one of these antennas before kevin no no okay our our official sponsor for this broadcast is is trans world antennas and that's the tw 2010 and that's uh, twenty through ten meters with all the, with all the bands in between seventeen, twelve, fifteen, and all that. And um, it's it's a high performance antenna. The thing really works. It's got a great low takeoff angle, and uh, I mean I've compared it to huge dipoles and and whatnot with my my Johnson Matchbox. It's, um, let's put it it uh, it's. Um, let's put it this way it just flat works there isn't any there's no that's all you can ask yeah uh but i guess my question is 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 it have you did you notice it there
4: no i did not as a matter of fact i thought it was part of your uh
0: stand holding up banners well that's what everybody keeps saying he says well it's it's a it's a we, we didn't see it we didn't notice it you know so anyhow
4: which, depending on where you live, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, well, that—that's the whole point of it. The thing falls up, goes in a bag, and uh, it works extremely well, uh, and and it and, and then it disappears. You know, and I—I I, I I mean, I, I've got people all the time telling me that they've got they've got it on a balcony that no one nobody sees it, nobody notices it, and uh, it could easily
4: be mistaken for a clothesline or a clothesline holder antenna. the
0: thing of it is is when we set up this booth here we well, should have moved the the banner way down to the end and then put the antenna up there because we had red in back of it you know but the way it is right now it kind of illustrates the fact that it hides <laughs> so we were over to hilton head and we were taking pictures of, of my son david assembling this thing out on the beach and that worked out okay and then we moved it to the in court near the trees and the uh, bushes and stuff, and we tried to take pictures. We had to move it like six times to get the antenna to actually show up in the photograph. So,
4: uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point of
0: it. Yeah, which is which is kind of good. Now, I got somebody else that just sat down over here that I happen to recognize. They called it's, it, it by. And incidentally, Kevin runs a company called. It's, it, it, I want to say AM, you know, but I don't know why I want to say that. I, I guess it's because. It's probably on a web page somewhere.
4: Well, it's AM Ground Systems Company is the arm of the company that actually builds AM grounding and uh, actually tower sites total for AM broadcast. KK Broadcast Engineering is just a my general AM engineer, uh, general AM and FM engineer. And that's
0: company. where Copper comes from because what he does is he plants Copper in the ground yeah. And then if you water copper, eventually it grows and makes more copper. Isn't that the way that works? Or is uh, it?
4: <laughs> well, I've been checking my fields, and I'm not finding a whole lot coming up. But uh, uh, maybe it's just been too dry. Other than, other
0: than the copper thieves. A, the
4: copper thieves have been keeping us busy.
0: But he also kinds of things. If it has us in, in working on AM directionals and, and and all kinds of things. If it has to do with an antenna, and it has to do with a, a ground system, and just about anything. Uh, consult- you name it, we do it. Consulting, engineering-wise, and uh, I, pre- I appreciate you stopping by. Don't don't spend all your money in one place. Ham well, I have you know. <laughs> done something today
4: that I have, uh, I'm afraid, have done several times in the past. Coming to Hamfest, I spend my all of my money in about the first ten minutes and walk around wondering what am I going to do for the rest of the day. So, <laughs> I've spent uh, about forty dollars, I think, and now I've got a little bit left to spend. So I'm going to.
0: So you're over here on the dealer's side. So yes. you're probably going to walk through here and then go. Down the hallway and hit the flea market again.
4: Well, I've already been to the flea market, and that's where I left part of my money. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Good to talk to you.
0: Yes, sir. Good to talk to you.